This is Spaceman. It's a podcast about video games and the way those video games affect our lives. I'm John Vieira. Thanks for tuning in. Part 1. Reeling. The girl got on the plane, left my life, and the only thing that made sense, the only thing I wanted to do, was to spend the weekend committing a virtual genocide. Max Payne 3 is a video game ostensibly about killing tons of people. It's also, and I think much more interestingly, about Max's addiction to pills and booze and his grief over the death of his wife and child. I was reeling from the end of a protracted relationship We both knew she was leaving the country, and now she was gone. My heart hurt badly, and more than anything, I was mad. I didn't like that the distance was the reason things ended. But the story I'm telling you isn't just about a girl. It's about a game, and that game's dramatic reality I tried a little too hard to make my own. Part two, a kindred spirit. A half hour removed from the airport, Max's visage leered at me from the shelves of a GameStop in the bottom floor of Portland City College. Like I said, I knew the themes explored in this game, hopelessness and hard living specifically. And I knew I wanted to wallow in those themes Suddenly, Max and I seemed like kindred spirits. I wanted to drink too much and wake up with hangovers that made me truly hurt as much as I felt like hurting. I wanted to live life like I just didn't give a shit. I wanted to be like Max Payne. And then I went to buy the game. And the goateed clerk asked to see my ID. He thought I was younger than 18. I was 26 at the time. And of course, I was annoyingly reminded of my white bread existence. Being like Max was going to take some work. I haven't played the first two installments of Max Payne, but Max Payne 3 is one of the most tonally strong video games I've ever enjoyed. It's got its own voice, based in no small part on the literal voice of Max Payne that narrates you throughout the game. Max is wry and sarcastic and has no shortage of one-liners that magnificently capture how much he hates himself. It's a lot of exposition, but it makes Max a real character. You feel his depression, and you feel how he feels he truly has nothing left to lose. I couldn't quite see myself in that mirror, but I was going to try. The game's main locale, Sao Paulo, pulls off the trick of feeling bleak and dark while being rendered in vivid colors and warm sunsets. 
The broken down favelas feel hopeless and sweaty and contrast the clean corporate high rises where Max's employers work, which contrasts the opulent excessive yachts and mansions where Max's employers play. The bars in the game never have any windows. They're ungainly and overpoweringly sad. They were places I felt like I belonged at the time. This game is often uncomfortable and I needed it to help me feel uncomfortable. Part three, killing dudes. The Max Payne series is known for its shooting, and this installment has a lot of shooting. It's visceral and very bloody. The guns you use don't feel particularly punchy, but the bullets devastate the people they hit. Enemies stagger and fall as blood sprays out of their entrance wounds. The last dude you kill in any given scene gets a special treatment. The in-game camera zooms in on the bullet as it leaves your gun and follows its path into your bloody target. It's not pretty, but it's cool and sometimes disturbing. The first time you see the bullet go into someone's eye and out the back of their now destroyed head is satisfying in a way that feels very wrong. When Max dives, the entire world slows down. He can take a moment and look all around him, find out who's shooting him in this particular Sao Paulo favela, and probably shoot them first. This helps Max to be so good at killing dudes, but if I had this ability, I would use it to experience moments and memories in perfect clarity. I would slow down time and walk around her the first time we met in Costa Rica when we swam in the ocean in the middle of the night. I'd take notes and shoot photos to remember what we wore and what we talked about. And did she think I was cool at that point? Part four, feeling sinister. kept track of her travels in fits and starts. From snippets of emails sent on the last 3% of her phone or laptop battery. She was tired, but she had made it. She was there. And I was here, feeling sinister. There's a scene early on in the game where Max, despite his best efforts, fails to protect a woman he's supposed to protect. She gets kidnapped, and Max can't bear the pain of knowing that he let yet another woman down. He self-medicates, as he often does, with pills and booze. He wants the world to go away for a while, and then when his friend wakes him up the next day, when the world comes back, it feels worse than when he left it. I went out with a friend from college on Saturday night. I drank way too much, mostly on purpose. I don't remember half of what I did, and I hate that feeling. I woke up Sunday morning, and she still wasn't there. She had still moved away. I also had a splitting headache, and my mouth tasted like cheap whiskey. 
I had no idea how I got home. The world felt worse than when I left it the night before. I was embodying my virtual kindred spirit a little bit too much. Like so many college freshmen taking Ayn Rand too seriously, I used a piece of fiction, a video game in my case, as an excuse to act like an asshole. And I wasn't feeling good about it. Part five, redemption. Max fits into the world of Max Payne 3 perfectly until the third act of the game when he decides to stop drinking. Once he has a clear head, Max seems like he doesn't fit in his own environment anymore. He tries to do right and it creates a dissonance with his actions as you make him kill so many dudes. And yet, you're behind Max all the way as he desperately tries to redeem himself. Come Monday morning, I picked myself up and I dusted myself off. I stopped feeling sorry for myself and I left my Max Payne-like behavior in the rearview mirror. But I didn't forget about him. I won't forget about him. I'll always remember how we were kindred spirits one weekend, killing dudes, drinking too much, and really, really missing that girl. Thank you for listening to this episode of Spaceman. This month's music is provided by Bill Newsinger. Find him at vimeo.com slash billnewsinger. Please follow Spaceman on Twitter at Spaceman Podcast and subscribe to Spaceman in iTunes. A rating would be much appreciated as well. Until next month, enjoy your video games. <laughs>